0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord gives Ezekiel a vision of the temple that will be built in Jerusalem for the millennial reign of Christ. What is the mystery of this marvelous temple? We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezekiel chapter 40. On simply the Bible.
0: We now come to Ezekiel chapter 40. Now, Ezekiel 40 through 48 is difficult to understand. Bible scholars disagree in how to interpret it. It is beyond the scope of this program to discuss the various interpretations that people have come up with. Therefore, I will only be presenting the one that seems most reasonable to me. In chapters 40 through 43, Ezekiel is given a vision of a temple that will be built. Chapters 44 through 46 deal with the worship in the temple, and chapters 47 and 48 concern the land surrounding the temple. In chapter 43, verse 10 through 12, Ezekiel is given the purpose of this vision Son of Man, describe to the people of Israel the temple. I have shown you, so they will be ashamed of all their sins. Let them study its plan, and they will be ashamed of what they have done. Describe to them all the specifications of the temple, including its entrances and exits and everything else about it. Tell them about its decrees and laws. Write down all these specifications and decrees as they watch, so they will be sure to remember and follow them. And this is the basic law of the temple, absolute holiness. The entire top of the mountain where the temple is built is holy. Yes, this is the basic law of the temple. Now, keep in mind that Ezekiel was prophesying to the Jewish captives in Babylon. The temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed. And the people were wondering if there was any hope at all for the nation. You know, you don't necessarily appreciate something until you have lost it. And they were bummed out that they had no more temple anymore. So God wanted them to know that they did have a future. There would be a future temple that would be built and it would remain holy forever. Unlike Solomon's temple, this temple would never be defiled by idols, nor would people ever offer hypocritical sacrifices while their hearts were far away from God. We believe this describes the temple that will be built during the thousand-year reign of Christ. I believe it is an actual temple that will exist in the future. It will be built on a high mountain, which will likely be Mount Zion. But the topography will change so that Mount Zion will be elevated much higher than it is today. Of course, we know from Zechariah 14, that when Christ returns, he will stand on the Mount of Olives and it will split in two from east to west. Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 2.2, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Now there are some scholars that just can't even believe that could happen. You know, I don't understand how you could even want to teach the Bible if you don't believe in the miraculous that God can do. I mean, if you believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth by his word, then it's no big deal for God to change the topography of the land when he wants to. Now, in considering all the plans and specifications of the temple, the Jews would be convicted and ashamed of their sins. They would realize that they had lost so much but they would also be reminded of God's mercy and what He was preparing for them in the future because of His great love. Throughout this book, Ezekiel has focused on the holiness of God, so it is fitting that in these last nine chapters, he ends with the future temple in which its law will be absolute holiness. We continue now in Ezekiel chapter 40. In the 25th year, of our captivity at the beginning of the year on the 10th day of the month in the 14th year after the city was captured on the very same day, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he took me there. So Ezekiel received this vision. He's brought in the spirit to see it as it exists, even though it doesn't exist yet. But it was in April of 573 BC at the time of the Passover, which is New Year's Day on the Jewish religious calendar. It was the 25th anniversary of their captivity in Babylon and the 14th year since Jerusalem had fallen to King Nebuchadnezzar. In the visions of God, he took me into the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain. On it toward the south was something like the structure of a city. In his vision, Ezekiel knew that he was in Israel and that it was a high mountain. This likely pictures the millennial kingdom after the tribulation with its new topography on Mount Zion. He took me there and behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of bronze. He had a line of flax and a measuring rod in his hand and he stood in the gateway. This was a measuring man who would lead Ezekiel on a guided tour of the new temple. He was probably an angel. He held a line for large measurements and a rod for shorter measurements. The rod was six cubits long. Now, a cubit is the distance from the tip of your elbow to the tip of your middle finger, or about 18 inches, but these were long cubits, so they added the width of a hand to the measurement, making it about a 21-inch cubit. So that would make the rod about 10 and a half feet long. And the man said to me, Son of man, look with your eyes and hear with your ears and fix your mind on everything I show you. For you were brought here so that I might show them to you. Declare to the house of Israel everything you see. Now, this really describes... How we must assimilate and then disseminate the Word of God. We must have our eyes open to see spiritual things, the things of God, and our ears must be open to hear the Word of God. And then we must fix our minds on what we have been taught. And finally, God shows us these things. He reveals His truth to us so that we may declare it to others. Now, there was a wall around the outside of the temple. In the man's hand was a measuring rod six cubits long, each being a cubit and a handbreadth, and he measured the width of the wall structure, one rod, and the height, one rod. So the outside wall of the total temple area was ten and a half feet thick and ten and a half feet high. Now, I'm going to paraphrase the rest of this chapter because we are given the exact measurements of all the spaces which is boring to read. Now, if you go to the Simply the Bible podcast, I have included a link to a video that will give you a 3D walkthrough of this temple. And that gives you a much better feel for the space that I'm going to do my best to describe to you. So the entire temple area was 870 feet square for a total of 765,625 square feet, or about 17 and a half acres. So it's a large area. The Measuring Man begins his tour at the Eastern Gate, and it has seven steps leading up to it. The opening of the gate uh, was 17 and a half feet wide. The threshold was 10 and a half feet thick. And as you would pass through the threshold of the gate, there was... Six guard alcoves, three on each side, each measuring 10 and a half feet square. And between these, on the dividing walls, were palm trees. At the end of this gate hallway uh, was a vestibule measuring 10 and a half feet by 14 feet, and then that led into the outer court. The width of the gate enclosure was 43 and three quarters feet, the height was 105 feet and the length 87 and a half feet now there was a pavement running along the perimeter of the outer courtyard that was the same length as the gateway and there were a total of 30 rooms in this pavement area built up against the walls five on each side of the east north and south gates respectively so that's 10 uh, rooms per side of the east side, north side, and south side. These were probably dining rooms for the people that would be gathered there for the feast. The outer courtyard measured 175 feet from the inside of the outer gate to the inner gate, which leads to the inner courtyard that was at a higher level. The northern and southern gateways were the same dimensions as the eastern gateway, each with seven steps leading up to them. And the measurement from each of these outer gateways to the corresponding inner gateways was also 175 feet. So you have a 175 foot pavement area in the outer courtyard between the, the outer gates and the inner gates leading into the inner courtyard. The inner gateways going to the inner courtyard are identical to the outer gateways except that they have eight steps going up to them instead of seven and their floor plan is flipped so that the vestibule space faces the outer courtyard. Verse 38, a door led from the entry room of one of the inner gateways into a side room where the meat for sacrifices was washed. On each side of this entry room were two tables where the sacrificial animals were slaughtered for the burnt offerings, sin offerings, and trespass offerings. Outside the entry room on each side of the stairs going up to the north entrance were two more tables. So there were eight tables in all, four inside and four outside, where the sacrifices were cut up and prepared. And there were an additional four tables made of finished stone for preparing the burnt offerings, each 31 half inches square and 21 inches high. These had butchering knives and other utensils for the sacrifices. Inside the inner courtyard were two rooms, one beside the north gateway facing south and the other beside the south gateway facing north. And the man said to me, The room beside the north inner gate is for the priests who supervise the temple maintenance. The room beside the south inner gate is for the priests in charge of the altar, the descendants of Zadok, for they alone of all the Levites may approach the Lord to minister to him. Then the man measured the inner courtyard, and it was 175 feet square. The altar stood in the courtyard in front of the temple. Then he brought me to the entry room of the temple, and he measured the walls on either side of the opening to the entry room, and they were eight and three quarters feet thick. The entrance itself was 24 and a half feet wide, and the entry room was 35 feet wide and 21 feet deep. There were 10 steps leading up to it with a column on each side. So there again, Ezekiel is told to share these dimensions with the captives so that they would be ashamed of their sins and they would realize what they were missing out on. You know, if there's one lesson that I have learned through this pandemic that we have suffered through, It is how much I now appreciate fellowship after so many were unable to come together and worship the Lord together, and still many have yet to even come back. How we need fellowship and how they needed their place of worship, and yet God wanted them to know he wasn't done yet. There is going to be a glorious and holy place of worship in the millennial kingdom.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at office at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast and please leave us a review. It helps a lot. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord gives Ezekiel the details of the sanctuary of the Millennial Temple, along with the building at the western end of the courtyard. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Ezekiel on Simply the Bible.